0: Okay, hi guys. Uh, welcome back to another episode uh, where we this time have the amazing Wayne with us um, talking about Facebook advertising. So, you know, it has been you know, great to have you back again with us. Uh, Wayne is one of our mentors for our digital marketing classes and he's amazing by the way okay so are you ready yeah I'm ready. okay awesome um okay so first thing first right uh i think facebook advertising has always been everyone's on everyone's mind but at the same time facebook has so many interesting things that's popping up mm-hmm. uh good news and also some sometimes yeah, bad news uh. yeah. so what tell us you know some of the things that you've seen in the future with facebook advertising
1: so i think something like for the malaysia's context, context right i think Something that is on the horizon and super exciting is be WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. So like um yeah. I think in recent months you like people are starting to get the option of like um, you are able now to send trash to WhatsApp. Yeah. And that is big for Malaysia because we are probably on WhatsApp more than on Facebook, and on Instagram and sometimes even both of them combined. Right. So um and it makes sense for businesses as well. Yeah. Like business owners are on WhatsApp as well all the time. And if mm-hmm. you are sending inquiries straight to WhatsApp, they can attend to it directly, they can just respond to like, inquiries and all that. So like, that is something that really excites me. And mm-hmm. um, another thing that excites me a lot is um Facebook's algorithm. Yeah. Obviously like this is like a double-edged sword as well. Yeah. Um, for me, I am seeing very good results when I leave all the work to Facebook. And obviously like some people are yeah. also seeing the opposite. Um, and that's the cool thing. So uh, that's a cool thing to have because like it means that there's a lot more opportunities to experiment with stuff, like just come up with a bunch of ideas, let Facebook figure a lot of the work for you as well. I will talk more about it.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So, okay. So let's get started with some of the questions, right? Mm -hmm. So the first question is from Renee Ng Official. Uh, Renee asks, how to use Facebook ads for B2B?
1: Okay. So... So First things so like when we talk about B2B, people always think LinkedIn is best for B2B.
2: Yep. And
1: recently, we did a launch at Mind Valley and uh, for B2B specifically. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, like Facebook was our best form platform.
2: Wow, before, okay, right.
1: So, um, I think when people think about B2B, like people mm-hmm. think that all oh, executives are on LinkedIn, but the actual fact is that like both of us are professionals and yep. we are also using Facebook's product rather than just be on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So, um, when it comes to ad campaigns on LinkedIn, um, there are very straightforward targeting like um, job title and yeah. then
2: like company name
1: and all that. Um, use those, but like the audience size for these tend to be very small. Exactly. So alternatively, like if you're thinking B two B, you trying to reach business owners, that's fairly easy because mm-hmm. they have this targeting option where you can target uh, page owners as well. Mm-hmm. So usually you can just target like food and beverage page owners or like restaurant page owners and then mm-hmm. overlay it with something like entrepreneurship. You know maybe you're reaching out to like restaurant owners right so that's one thing um the second thing that you can start thinking about especially if you're targeting bigger organizations um think about the purchase cycle so let's say if you are selling a piece of software for like a programming software right Mm -hmm. so you can target the users themselves Mm -hmm. so like the programmers that will be using your software so that's one angle for you to target um the second thing is also like for um, the managers of these programs, so they are usually like the decision makers of like whether like which software to get involved for the programmers as well. So like if you look at them, mm-hmm. the things that these managers are looking for versus the things that um, uh, these programmers are looking for is completely different. Yeah. And then in a bigger organization, sometimes you will need to deal with the IT department as well, yeah. which talks about like compliance, security, and all that. So again, like you need another ad set just to target like these people. So like. If you look at it from a sales cycle perspective, then that's a lot of things that you can play with. And then if you do it right, then all of a sudden like people in an organization will start to think like, okay, wait, like I'm seeing this company. Like, everyone in the company is all of a sudden seeing this piece of software. Yep. And people will just start talking about
0: it. I, I think that's really cool. So for, for smaller companies, what you're trying to say is that you can actually go target them by say, job titles, for example, but mm-hmm. also like page admins, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, But when it comes to bigger organizations, you want to cater uh to different departments within the organization with different ad messages. But essentially, all of them are the same. Like literally, you're promoting yourself, the same company to all three different uh three different departments with three different messages. Mm -hmm. So, so would you say, let's say you want to target Shell, for example, then would you just choose Shell, like anyone who actually use put Shell as their employment, Mm -hmm. and then after that, uh, job title based on you know based on top titles and yeah. separate them based on top titles yeah
1: so i would do that so that was that is obviously the right i mean not the right way but one way of doing it yeah the second thing that is really cool that i think people are underutilizing is look up shell's address
0: <laughs> oh, and, and, and
1: target based on the gps coordinates the
0: location And
1: i, I mean people who drive by shell will probably see your ads at all but it doesn't matter like people and then if you want you can also do like uh time as well like so Nine to six, for example, yeah. and your ad won't be shopping during that time. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's so that's another way to like target uh, executives.
0: So put put the address there, and usually there's that one kilo. I think it's one kilometer, yeah, right? Minimize one, it all maybe, the way. Yeah, yeah just make it
1: as small as possible, and then
0: yeah. And who knows, right?
1: Yeah, because I mean the radius makes sense because people go out yeah, for lunch. Sure.
0: Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I think I think that's a really smart idea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Irene, really, you know there are so many really cool ideas from master way in here <laughs> and uh, yeah definitely there are so many uh, opportunities for people to target B2B and I think you know even for our students um, I've seen them asking this question like you know how can I target B2B when and LinkedIn is so expensive yeah. so um, I think this is perfect right um, perfect to Perfect for people to start thinking that, hey, Facebook is not just for, you know, lifestyle products, not just for B2C. There is actually so many ways to go about it, but the question is how do you use it and how do you think about it? All right, let's move on to the next question. Sure. Okay, so this is by Tyler. How would you handle a new client that has a brand new business with a very small budget to begin with?
1: Okay, so this is a tricky question. So, like, I mean, so... The budget is usually not a problem because for marketers yep. like the smaller budget that you have, that means you will be more prudent with it and then yep. you will start to spend it. Yeah. I think the, the the tricky thing with like a new client that has a small budget is usually not the budget size but with the expectation that
0: counts. Mm, yeah, fair enough.
1: Right. So if you ask the question of like, is this all the money to have for me, like for your business? Yep. Then obviously like every penny kind of counts for this client. And um usually how I I don't have any, I don't take clients now, but like usually how I advise people is that when you're taking on a client, just look at how much flexibility that the client has for you. Mm-hmm. Because obviously when you're trying to run a Facebook ad campaign, the first one will be that evaluation period.
0: Yeah, exactly. Where you're just
1: trying to find like what is the uh, cost per lead or like return on ads, yeah. you are seeing without doing anything, like a yeah. benchmark. And then the value that a marketer brings or like an advertiser brings to the campaign is obviously uh, your ability to lower the cost mm-hmm. of
2: acquisition or like the return on investment that you are getting.
1: So, if the client, uh, even having like a low budget, is not, or no matter how high the, or low the budget is, if, if he or she is not comfortable with the first month or like the initial test period, and he mm-hmm. or she is always like trying to micromanage, then uh, my answer would be not to take the client. Right. So usually like I had the opportunity of talking or like just inquiring, like uh just go through like the onboarding process yeah. with like bigger agencies as well. And they usually have like a checklist of questions mm-hmm. that you have to answer. So like obviously like, when you say like, oh, I want to micromanage from the start and I only have a small budget and I want to like meet you every day, for example, then as a freelancer or as an agency, you'll probably want to say no. I right. like this. So That's what
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, I think so, so really, you know, just to sum it up, right, um, always remember that when you're doing Facebook uh, advertising, especially if it's a new brand, uh, small budget, there is always a learning period, Yes, and the learning period can go up to one month. In fact, you know, basically, Facebook will need to learn about your business, learn about you a lot more before they can even, you know, look for the right people for you. Um, And, and I think, I think this is very interesting because, um, a, like, I literally have students asking this question, like, "Oh, you know what? What what to do if I have no money, right? I want to run Facebook ads. Like, um, you know, people or my, my boss is really expecting me to have, uh, ROI coming in.
2: Yeah.
0: And why isn't Facebook, you know, being able to be so as as expective as other people? Then no. the question we ask ourselves is, hey, you you know what? Um, does Facebook even know enough of your brand? Yeah. And in in some occasions, I have students saying that, uh, they have um marketing agencies, uh, who actually run app for them but have never installed any Facebook pixel on your yeah. website, right? Then how do you how do you think Facebook even know if it really works? Exactly. It's exactly. insane. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think um I think these are some of the key things to uh, remember that there is always you know, uh, a learning period, and if the person is going to micromanage and not willing to go through the learning period, I think maybe that is not a brand that you would want to take on. Yeah, it's going to be quite a pain. For sure,
1: for yeah. sure. And usually, like when you start working with the client, usually you just get all his ideas or her ideas of like her understanding of the product that he wants, or she wants to promote. Yeah. And then the initial campaign will just be based on his or her assumption. Yeah. And then the initial trial period is that is basically to show the client that okay. These are your assumptions, Ooh, yeah. and these are the results that we get. And usually, coming from a, a, someone who is not technical, is that the results will probably be average or like even sometimes bad. And yeah. then your job as a marketer is to then tell the client, see your assumptions are wrong. So let me take this moving forward. So it's also
0: yeah. that as well. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Next one, um, Sharon. So Sharon's asking. How to know if my audience targeting is right, especially uh, when I'm giving a photography service,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Um, so what do you think? About?
1: um, so yeah, so obviously like, you will need to target uh, people who are interested in photography services yeah. or well just like interest. So interest photography is a bit tricky, mm-hmm. but like um, you will need to target people who are looking at like uh, wedding photos, like, people, who yeah. in wedding, people who are interested yeah. in wedding people interested in portrait photography and all that. Um. Yeah. So once you have all of these um, mm-hmm. just make sure you have a business outcome in mind whether yeah. it's like number of inquiries, mm-hmm. number of sales, number of yeah. uh, messages coming through like messenger or like WhatsApp.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, have that as your single source of single metric yeah. and then all your campaigns should be optimized towards that metric yeah. and that's when you know which interest
2: targeting is right for your business.
0: Yeah I think, I think that's perfect. I think um, I remember once the was like telling me oh you know what i have this person has so many metrics that they want to you know uh they want to obviously achieve i want to gather leads i want to get sales i want to get you know referral yada, yada. yeah yada. and i said hey you know what when you're doing one campaign do you, do you know what is the one thing you want to do because yeah. <laughs> different people are different so um so i think you're really i, I love the point that you said you need to know what's your single metric and then optimize your campaigns towards the metrics because what Facebook does is like, you know, Facebook will look for people who most likely convert according to the metrics that you yeah. have just determined, right? Yeah. So I think those are the key things to keep in mind. Yeah. Um and maybe really also uh, also to add, right? For I think just now I, I really love what you're saying. Like uh when you're doing audience targeting, you also need to think about in what situation people would want to have the photography services. Yeah. Right? So that's where you said, Hey, maybe this person is looking for a wedding. Uh you know, getting married or this person is having a kid. And then you also ask yourself, so how do I target people who want to get married? Maybe yeah. maybe the person who already just got engaged for you know, I and I know that Pazer has that luck. Yes. Yeah, yeah, relationship and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I think those are some of the key things uh, you could think about. But in terms of effectiveness or not or not, like what uh we say, you need to make sure that it achieves the outcome. Yeah. Sometimes if you think that, oh, my targeting seems powerful, perfect, everything's amazing. And then you're like, no one seems to be inquiring
1: or like, you know, sending messages
0: and stuff. That can happen sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. for sure. Okay, okay. The next one is how to create a powerful caption for Facebook ads.
1: So, um, this, so good copywriting skills. So like, (laughs) um, so, uh, so I don't say that I'm a very good copywriter myself. Uh, but like there is this basic formula called Ada that um, basically all the advertisers for advertising on Facebook or just advertising in general mm-hmm. or like just marketing in marketing general knows about. So you have A stands for attention. So mm-hmm. people are scrolling through kilometers of content on Facebook yeah. every single day. Yeah. So um what the most important element is that your creative or your copy itself will need to grab the person's attention. Mm-hmm. So these days people use a lot of like emojis and yeah. like, all caps to just capture people's attention and then it goes into the interest part so like the benefits of the offer that you're providing Mm -hmm. and then you have to desire like what makes people want the offer now right if not they will just scroll past your offer of your ad and then the last part is the call to action this is a very simple formula but of course like you have to think about um basically like personalizing your ad as well towards the interest that you're targeting Mm -hmm. so going back to the example that we were talking about with photography services right so if if you are an expert at you if you're trying to target parents who want to take like photos for their baby then obviously like with your creative you can't be showing someone who is like taking wedding photos and
0: stuff right so
1: so that part of like personalization for your ad creative is also very important
0: so Ada AIDA, attention, interest, desire, action, mm-hmm. and as well as context, right? Make sure the context is correct. Yes. Um and really by the end, of the day, powerful caption and whatnot is really also experimenting, right? Yeah. You sometimes you think that you write the, the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. You know. Sometimes this thing's just you, you need to experiment it out. So what's best is that uh, there are options, the best part with Facebook. Is that there is options for you to edit test a few different messages. Yeah. And then the best part is that it will also determine and tell you which one is the best. Right? Yeah,
1: that as well. And also yeah. like something that I uh, that I'm doing more of these days is to use Facebook groups, so popular Facebook groups that are relevant to your business mm-hmm. or where your target audience hangs out. Mm-hmm. So what you do is just go there and then just read through the post that has a lot of engagement mm-hmm. and just see how they write their copy because yeah. that is usually how your target audience speaks yeah. and when you can use that in your copy, it automatically resonates with your target audience. So you can use Facebook groups, uh, some people use Quora, but obviously yeah. that's not that popular here in Malaysia. Fair enough. But like yeah, Facebook groups is also one way to figure out how to write copy as well.
0: Conclusion, if you don't know what to write, go copy people! Yeah, go <laughs> we'll copy
1: like, the most engaged folks on
0: Yeah, fair yeah. enough, fair enough. Okay, and um, so someone asked is how to make full use of Facebook data and optimize uh, my ads.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> even at all scale, like we only look at one metric, maybe two, and that's it. And these metrics tie directly to your business outcome. Mm-hmm. And usually for business owners, actually, usually for everyone, this is ROI our or return on ad spend, however you define it, and then your cost for acquisition. Mm-hmm. So these are the two metrics that we only look at. Yeah. Right. So if both of these metrics don't make sense to you as a business, then it's a bad campaign. And optimization is really just increasing budget on what works and pausing or reducing the budget on what is not working,
2: working. right?
1: So all the other gazillion of metrics that uh, Facebook provides you with is mostly for you to investigate Mm -hmm. what is wrong and what else can be improved. It's not for you to optimize. if a campaign is not performing well, you look at those to figure out like yeah. what you need to with whether it's the targeting that is not right, whether it's a yeah. copy and all that. Um, but like the essence of like optimization and the metrics to look at is
2: really the metrics that ties back to your business
0: outcome. Yeah. So so maybe one I think one follow up question is also, mm-hmm. uh, what happens with you know sometimes some ads start off to be really good, really you know converting and so on. So you you know you can put more money and maybe there is a. The tick there, and then the efficiency of the ad just falls, right? Do you immediately say that oh this ad falls already, but and so I off this app forever, would you actually restart the ad again, knowing that once upon a time this app actually
1: worked? Yeah, yeah, sure, for sure. So (laughs) um so let's say month one, an ad is performing really well, and then it stopped performing in month two, and then that's when it gets paused. Right. So a month goes by. there is a chance that in monthly, when you turn back, turn it back on, it might start okay. performing away again. So like we do revisit our ad sets like once every few months. Yeah. So like the pause ones. So we just look at pause ad sets that used to perform really, perform really well. And if we need to like scale up or like look for more um, targeting ideas, all we do is just turn them back on or like just turn them back on, but like give them new access to work with nice. and increasingly like knowing or not knowing how Facebook algorithm works. Like something that we did recently is we figured out that, um, instead of increasing the budget of what works, duplicating the ad set without changing. It. This is not a best practice, but we, yeah. we kind of did this and we found out that, um, scaling up or like increasing your budget this way sometimes will give you a better cost per leave
2: or better return on expense.
0: Interesting, so instead of like let's just say campaign air works really well and you're spending say 100 bucks a day, mm-hmm. instead of doing 200 bucks a day, you actually duplicate the same ad set yeah, with change the same na- Yeah, Don't
1: change anything and don't change the budget and then you actually get better results with the second ad set. The, hypoth- the, the hypothesis here is that with every new ad set that you are creating, Facebook actually put its best effort towards optimizing like giving you uh, leads or like sales at the lowest cost of acquisition, and therefore a second ad set will work better than increasing the budget on your original
0: ad set. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. Were you guys shocked when you found? Yeah, ad-
1: for sure. Like, we, I mean, if you look at all the best practices, yeah. like, okay, if you, we need to increase your budget, you just increase your budget, right? Yeah. So apparently, like, there's this as well. Mm-hmm. So it makes everything so much easier. So, like, we don't have to guess, oh, should I increase 10%, 20%, should I double the budget? Like, yeah. All this guesswork goes out of the window. Just duplicate, just duplicate if it doesn't perform, pause it, and then try duplicating it again.
2: Okay. So something for
1: you guys to try, and we are
2: looking to work this out more as well.
0: So uh, guys, you know, really, I think one of the best part about uh having having to meet you know so many different mentors and whatnot is the fact that you guys are all uh trying out so many things out there, <laughs> testing things out. You know, having, getting, I, I what I really love is that you know it's not just it's. Is that you guys are real practitioners. You guys go try things out and and you're not afraid to fail and you're not afraid to not try, you're not afraid to experiment things. Yeah. And you see guys like this, for example, this, where people talk about optimizing, usually people say if things don't work, you know, add more money in. I mean no. Sorry, things work. If things work, add more money in. Yeah. If things don't work, cut it off, right? Yeah. But you know, like for them, like for you, you just experiment it out and say, Oh, you know what, let's just try duplicating this ad instead. Yeah. It and usually people would say that why do you duplicate because you end up fighting yourself fighting fighting and you know caramelizing each other
1: um so the thought we gave that a thought as well but then we think about it like facebook is such a big marketplace with millions of advertisers competing already yeah and by having more assets you're not just competing with yourself you're essentially competing with like everybody else so instead of like think of yourself as like a like, think of your asset as machine guns, right? So if you have millions of machine guns out there <laughs> shooting just blindly at like the, the war zone, like just by adding three more machine guns on your end, doesn't really change much. Yeah. And if you can get better results out of it, why not? Yeah. So that's how we I, I kind of just... ex- make that explanation for us.
0: I really like the, the way you, you describe it. Machine guns are shooting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's friendly fire, la Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. But okay, la. at least I have more guns than you, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay okay uh next one um steven asks how to stand out differently from the competitors advertisement
1: so um whenever we look at the competitors app um we don't try to stand up hmm. we think of three ways i mean we come up with three things to just test things out yeah so um one way also uh, way number one is actually to mimic the compactor entirely copy copy the like one. if the competitor is doing it probably it's working yeah. so we'll just copy like straight up like the same element all
0: together. the same the same
1: maybe the same text same everything just image yeah. different a little yeah. bit maybe because the page name will be different so it will be different <laughs> so like copy the same uh, landing page everything the same mm. um the second thing is to go completely opposite of what the competitor okay. is doing so, so same
0: opposite opposite okay.
1: and the third way is to do somewhere in the middle so like copy but with your own flavors
0: Mm. so
1: all of a sudden you get three ideas and then one of it might take off like standing out from competitors may not always be the best thing because people only do something people do things for a reason yeah. if it's not working then people are probably not doing it and why reinvent the wheel yeah as people say
2: right so That's,
0: that is a very good strategy yeah very smart strategy but of course by the end they um you know competitors i mean we can copy in terms of uh what's it called we can copy in terms of the, the message, the ad message, the ad image, you know, landing page also we can copy. Mm-hmm. But at some point, people will also ask like, oh, am I able to copy their targeting as well? Which obviously, you cannot you cannot really see the targeting, yeah. right? Yeah, and there's something
1: that, is, oh, that will always be different when you look at one business versus another business, which yeah. is the way how the business is run, the profit margins, yeah. things that you don't see on
2: the surface, yeah.
1: right? And, and, and you can just like blindly copying you know, or blindly trying to stand out um, you might be going after the wrong uh, outcome with your okay. campaign as
0: well. Fair enough. Fair yeah, enough.
1: yeah.
0: Love this. You know, this is like since the art of war. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like, like some ready. some advertisers are
1: willing to just burn all their money that they invested. In. That would you want to go after that? Maybe no. <laughs> right. So some businesses are very conservative. as well, while you want to grow. So there's all these things that uh, that we don't know. Just looking at that.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so another one is. How to choose the right advertisement placement more accurately? Ah, so <laughs> I know I know your answer for this already. <laughs> uh,
1: so that so that's the obvious uh, answer, which is like if you think your creative won't fit into the placement, mm-hmm. then obviously just exclude the placement. Um, these days, a lot of our campaigns just use auto placements,
2: mm-hmm. so we just
1: let Facebook decide which placement mm-hmm. to show. Yeah. um the reason why we are doing it is we try to segment things like have one ad set for Instagram one ad set for stories and one ad set for Facebook feed what we found out is that Facebook is always smarter than us yeah like we like we just don't know if the same person is on Instagram at this hour of the day yeah. and then she will, he or she will go on other placements yeah. during other hours of the day So um we uh, we always leave it to Facebook yeah. to decide for us. Yeah. Um, but obviously like if you have a vertical video or like if you mm-hmm. have a square banner mm-hmm. that will not take up the whole screen when it's on Instagram then you might want to uh, just have a specific creator for different placements mm-hmm. but then again like if you enable all placements you can always look at breakdown and see which ad is performing better at each placement and then decide whether you want to
2: double down on a particular placement as well yeah fair enough
0: yeah I think, um, I think about I mean, a few years back, I think, you know, doing manual placements still makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. But then, um, as time goes on, I I remember um, Facebook actually contacted me and said, hey, you know what? Give it a try, the automatic placement. Yeah. Uh, first, I think the first few tries, it was quite mediocre. Yeah. So I never really bothered. But after a while, I decided, hey, let's give it a try again. I, I can't know when is that. Uh, but probably, I think, one year back, one half years back. Yeah. I can't remember. Lah. And I realized, hey, yeah. It's actually getting better and better. Yeah. In fact, today it's getting so much better than you know manual placement because yeah. like what you say, they just know and really this whole algorithm thing is is evolving so fast. Yeah. It's really getting. Smarter yeah, yeah there are two
1: possible reasons of yeah. like why that is happening. So like one thing is because people are excluding everything and just focus on like the feed, therefore the prices that you pay to show up on like some alternative placements are cheaper and also second thing like if you are an advertiser who doesn't care about how your ad looks, Um, because sometimes your ad looks weird when Mm -hmm. it's, so if you put a square image on Instagram stories for example, it looks really weird or or out of place right and but this out of placeness is actually what gets people to click because they're like what is this weird thing that doesn't show up right and then people actually pay attention so I think one of these two is happening, that's why we are seeing like why auto placements.
0: So so guys remember, um, Facebook is smarter than you. Yeah. Facebook knows so much more about you, probably know when you're going to go sleep, when you're gonna go eat, what yeah. you're gonna eat. What you're gonna do next week they probably also know. They probably
1: already know but you don't even have an idea.
0: Yeah, update you yet. don't even know yet. Yeah, yeah. Um so that's how crazy um this whole movement is like right now. Okay, mm-hmm. guys that's us let's move on to the next one. Um so someone, uh, so, okay, Denise asked how to achieve high ROI, right? No, how to achieve high ROAS.
2: Yeah, so, so return
0: yeah. on ad
1: spend. Mm. Um, so ROAS is a function of uh, revenue over ad spend. So we all know that, right? So we don't, so I don't recommend people looking at ROAS as a goal to hit. Because in a way, you can also achieve high ROAS by reducing your spend. Mm. Right. So what you want is actually use ROAS as a benchmark. So for example, if let's say your ROAS is 150%, for example, yeah. then that should stay constant. And your goal is always the ad spend goal or revenue goal. Because when your ROAS goal stays constant, you know that if your ad spend increases or if your yeah. um, revenue increases, then you're doing a good job as an advertiser. Um so I think this question is coming more from like, what are the things that you can tweak on the campaign level mm-hmm. to uh, improve ROAS. So, if you are going after ROAS, use ROAS as your ultimate metric. Meaning, any campaign that doesn't perform in terms of ROAS, you will need to stop them and then investigate like how to make them work. And obviously, mm-hmm. like uh, anything that works in terms of like, like let's say you're targeting like, like 150% ROS and it's getting like mm-hmm. 300% ROS, then obviously mm-hmm. you need to double down. On this asset by either um, increasing the budget or duplicating the ad set yeah. that, that, that
0: so I, I think mm-hmm. just now we kind of talked about it a little bit, but uh mm-hmm. when you talk about ROAS and then you also talk about uh cost um cost per lead Ye- and yeah. something like this, and you you spoke of them hand in hand, right? Yeah. Okay, maybe you could explain it a little bit.
1: Sure. So um, you have so we don't actually use it hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So for example, like when we are just or prospecting campaigns when we yeah. go after leads, like we have a lower benchmark when it comes to us. So obviously fair you not, can't expect enough. someone who doesn't know about yeah. business to come in and then exactly, convert yeah. and buy right away. Right. Yeah. So um so the primary KPI so we always have only one KPI for mm. a campaign. We never optimize for both things. Because yeah, if enough. you think about it like people who are more likely to buy might may come into your funnel at a more expensive cost per lead as well. Right. And then as an advertiser, you're stuck in between like, okay, whether I should optimize for this or whether I should optimize for that. So always have just one single metric. If mm-hmm. it's ROS, then make it like let it be ROS. Yeah. If it's CPL, then let it be CPL. Yeah. That will make optimization so much easier. Mm-hmm. Um and I think like with when it comes to ROS, like using the breakdown, the breakdown is actually very gives you a lot of insights. So um if you have been running your campaign for some time, let's say uh, three months, right? Yeah. Look at the breakdown. You will get, um, you will get to know like locations or like regions or mm-hmm. like age or like gender or even placements that you should exclude for good, like moving forward because it hasn't performed for three months, yeah. right? So if it doesn't perform for three months, then that's usually te- then usually tells you that okay, I need to like just don't do this moving
0: yeah, forward
2: and just, just save it. some, ad spend there.
0: So, so guys, if you guys are targeting for ROAS, then uh, what you're optimizing is to optimize for sales and purchases. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're looking, say, if you're looking at cost the lead, for example, in, in other words, you're actually optimizing for getting leads. So I think one key thing is that know your metrics. Uh, know your metrics because your metrics, your metrics matters, and what numbers, what data you look at is associated with the metrics that you have in mind already. Um, so keep that in mind so for example if you're like what you say if you're gathering leads obviously the ROAS is not going to really make too much sense yeah. right but uh if you're gathering uh but if you're getting revenue obviously uh ROAS will be perfect right because and you want to maintain a certain standard a certain benchmark yeah and i think for when you're seeing benchmark maybe one way of looking at your benchmark is also look at your average your, your previous let's say the average uh ROAS benchmark mm-hmm. and then going forward you want to obviously Maintain, sure, maintain or, or like, be better, right? yeah.
1: yeah. But always, like, when you make that, uh, make that bank, when you set that benchmark, you need to make sure that only one thing is moving in that equation. Yeah. So let's say if you decide that, uh, your ROAS is gonna be at hundred and fifty percent, make it fixed so that you know that by increasing your ad spend, you are actually doing better. But if let's say you want to improve your ROAS, mm-hmm. then your ad spend will have to stay constant. Yeah, because enough. that's when you can tell like, okay, the ROAS is actually Because if both things are moving, but like if Aspen is also moving and ROAS is also moving, then you kind of don't know which one to optimise or right. like, which one to look at.
0: Okay, so I think there's one uh, added question that just came by. You said, what's the average cost per click nowadays? Um, Maybe I could just stick this, right? Yeah. I think when it comes to cost per click, um, these days what we really care about is something that is more that that matters more that mm-hmm. has more intent right mm-hmm. when we talk about intent would be we care about leads more we care about uh, bigger goals such as uh sales more so i think I, I think it's what's really interesting is uh what we realize is that sometimes some, some of our ads right very little clicks right yeah but they actually convert well yeah. but some ads that have a lot of clicks a lot of likes a lot of comments and things just don't convert as well yeah and uh was talking to facebook uh, person and she was like saying yeah well yeah think about this sometimes people who really engage who love engaging in ads right mm-hmm. they're actually very expensive to convert yeah um so what are your thoughts on this
1: so my thought is if people spend time to click on that like so people who click through to your website they lost the opportunity to like your app already and if they are spending a lot of your time on your website just going through your information and then even subsequently buy like these people are valuable for businesses, mm-hmm. but they don't have the opportunity to go back and like your app.
2: Yeah. But right. they only
1: com- convert converted. So and then people who are liking posts, they are usually just like browsing through Facebook. And that's why they are liking posts. So okay. that is that is my thought on this basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: What what are your thoughts where sometimes when I think sometimes it gets a bit contradicting when I see that, you know, Facebook would say that, oh, we would Push up things that have more engagement, even ads that has more engagement. Will push it up more, Mm -hmm. right? But at the same time, you know, uh, at the same time, we also know that, yeah, if if people spend so much time, you know, clicking, liking, commenting, Mm -hmm. doesn't really mean that they are actually uh, looking into getting into your. I mean, getting into your landing pages or what? So I find that these two sometimes, when these two comments come in, uh, I used to, I told you I got the comment from Facebook yeah. itself, right? Yeah. And Facebook say one thing here, and then the other part of Facebook say this. Yeah. thing. And I'm like, isn't this this? I think
1: I think uh, it is conflicting, and I think with video, it is actually possible to make hmm. both of these. It's it's actually possible to bridge both of these yeah, because right. your video could start out with a question like, "What is your goal for today?" Yeah. For example, right, and then. This statement captures people's attention and then people who obviously watch through the entire video will probably be interested and then click on to go onto your website. Mm-hmm. But this question itself will prompt an engagement. Enough, so right. people who are just like rather than just scrolling through all like just, just clicking on the like button, they will actually leave a comment because there is actually a point to leave a comment. So mm-hmm. with video it's actually possible. Mm-hmm. With banners it's a bit tricky, but how to how do you yeah, have how right. to actually ask questions? Yeah. Time? So Yes, it's contradictory, but like it's, as advertisers we just need to kind of find yeah. a way to optimize for
0: I mean for for you guys at mind Wendy, I'm sure you guys have done that. So what's the goal for today? Is that something that you have done?
1: Um, so yeah, we always start off with a contradictory statement mm-hmm. or like a we call it a patent interrupt. So okay. like what yeah. is the one statement that would get people to like get angry at or like to get curious to know more about or like yeah, so you could start saying for next term, you could say that, like, oh AI is gonna take over your job in the next three years. Right? and then people would be like, "Oh shit, shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah."
0: I think, yeah. yeah, the whole the whole part about you know interrupting patterns, yeah, mm-hmm. I really mean, like that. Yeah, send master, master, master way. Okay, okay, let's uh, okay. Um, someone asked, "What is a good campaign asset or ad structure?"
1: So um, right now Facebook has this uh campaign budget optimization, so we <laughs> call it CBO.
2: Yeah,
1: it's something that everyone or everyone that I know in the industry is actually preparing for yeah. and no one seemed to have a good idea of like how to approach this because there can be a so optimization um, so previously the best structure is always like okay you have all your ads so you divide your audience in the ad set level yeah. and then the best practice is to have one interest or you try to make it as specific as possible with your ad sets and yeah. then inside these ad sets you will have maybe three to five creators yeah. Just to see which one goes yeah. that's the ideal ad set before and you basically specify your budgets on the ad set level
2: yeah
1: um now that facebook moved the budget to yeah. the campaign level yeah. it makes everything a bit tricky uh yeah. when it comes to like optimization because this means that you will need to send perfect data to facebook so if you're sending the wrong data to facebook then facebook will start optimizing for the wrong oh data. yeah so that's super important um and I guess right now uh, the best structure is still that legacy structure that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead of like, uh, instead of man, so what we are de- how we are dealing with campaign budget optimization now is that we move. So we just retain the existing structure, we just change it to campaign budget optimization, mm-hmm. and then we'll let Facebook do its thing for yeah. a few weeks yeah. just to see like what uh-huh. it's extent or not. If not, we move the entire targeting to the campaign level. Like Google, if you guys are familiar with like Google structure, it's basically that. So instead of having multiple ad sets, you start to have multiple campaigns that are going after different audience. So basically, you just move mm-hmm. everything one level higher if you still yeah. want control yeah. over your budget. So that, so the two alternatives, so if you're sending yeah. perfect data to Facebook and you and all this while Facebook has been optimizing your campaigns pretty well with this mm-hmm. machine learning and stuff, yeah. then you can just... Use campaign as a folder. Use ad sets as a way to divide your target audience, and then mm. use the ad level as a level to put all your creators. Yeah. If that is not working well for you, then consider moving the targeting or like the audience to the campaign level, mm. and then uh, yeah, then
0: and I think one key thing to remember is that when you're doing CBO or campaign, what well, campaign operation. budget optimization.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, is that you need to make sure that, uh, I mean, you need to make sure that everything. Uh. Is I guess everything goes to the same goal. I I think I think on the campaign side, you're already going to be setting up like, hey, you know what, this is um, my, the whole goal is actually to say to get uh conversions. That it is to get conversions and try to re- really try to narrow it down to. I think what I think sometimes the way I use it is kind of do it a little bit like A B testing, but I'm not using the A B testing tool. Yeah, because I'm thinking that hey, you know, what? I'm letting Google uh. I'm letting, Google, you know, figure, uh, sorry. I'm letting Facebook figure things out so I just throw a bunch of stuff in there
2: yeah.
0: uh, and then just let it you know just let it run let it figure it out yeah. and to see um, and to see what messages you know hit the to see what messages feed the what's it called the target audience yeah but for me the way I do it is also like
2: in my mind it's
0: like oh it's either I, I op- it's either I'm trying to look for the right message Or I'm trying to look for the right audience. I've never tried to merge both of them together. Yeah. I wanna try that though. I've never tried that.
1: You should give it a try because it might work. So the way how it is is like I mean with the existing like okay, knowing that Facebook optimizes the ads for you. Like it really is how many things you can throw to Facebook.
0: Like can you imagine this if let's just say I have three different messages? Yeah and then um and now i have three different audiences meaning yeah. that i will have nine things inside right and i'm yeah. trying to get facebook go figure it out mm-hmm. yeah I've, I've never tried that but i think it would be very you should
1: you should because, because facebook probably knows like, i'm not yeah. i don't know the algorithm but like yeah. facebook probably knows like which copy to show people mm-hmm. at different times of the day or yeah. in different contexts like when a person is yeah. traveling they are probably tracking your gps and stuff so like yeah they know that you're traveling probably this copy will perform better than they're showing you this but like uh, when it comes to creative, there's no one size fit all. Like yeah, nice. tie back to your context as well. Mm-hmm. So I increasingly I'm telling people this more, and people usually like say like WDL to me back. So like <laughs> so I'm telling people more of like stop A/B testing or like yeah. stop split testing. Just let machines do the work. That's, so that's yeah. the new thing yeah. for advertisers because yeah. A/B testing is only useful when you really want to present an insight. So yeah. if you really want to show your boss or your client that okay messaging a works better than messaging messaging yeah. B. if you need to do that kind of presentation then yes it makes sense to sense it else it's just giving crazy everything and yeah. see which one works best
0: for your campaign and yeah I think and and for any testing you need to reach a certain level of conversions yes. to actually make to actually make sense right yeah about I think I think statistically you need to reach about a thousand conversions mm-hmm. so I mean leads is I mean, depending on the size of your company as well, Leads yeah. is possible, right? Yeah. But then, like, let's say, so that one is going to be a lot harder, and you're going to spend your time letting it learn forever.
1: Yeah, and you know. most business owners don't have that patience yeah.
2: to let you just wait.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, so, guys, this is, uh, this I would say that this is definitely a lot more advanced, right? Mm-hmm. This is really advanced uh, Facebook advertising, and also, really, you need to think and strategize uh, how to go about it. And you also need to learn how to track them, right? So uh, I think these are key things um, where not to say it's easy or hard to do, but you really mm-hmm. need to have the right thought process when you're yeah. when you're thinking about this stuff. Yeah. Okay, okay. The next one. Um. Oh, is Facebook ads getting it more expensive now?
1: Yes. Um. Facebook ads is actually very easy. Like, out of all the platforms, that's out there, it's like, like Facebook, Facebook. yeah, everyone can become so. Not only everyone can become an advertiser on Facebook these days, like everyone can become a Facebook group these days. So like more and more people are teaching okay. Facebook ads. And with that, obviously like more people are advertising on Facebook yep. as a platform. So for sure, I mean, look at things around us, they are also getting more expensive. So yep. it makes sense yeah. for Facebook enterprises to go up. So yes, um, yeah.
0: And, and he asked how to get the best cost per result. Best cost per result. I think I think you really, really need to monitor. Right. Yeah. I think that's that's. I think that's one one word like monitoring them and to make mm-hmm. sure like just to, like what uh like what Wayne say. You know, take a look at your cost lead as well as your ROAS. Right. Yeah. Depending on your goals that you want
1: to. Yeah. It uh, may not always be the buttons that you click on as manager though. Yeah. Sometimes it makes sense to look at mm-hmm. um the offer.
0: Mm-hmm. Means,
1: yeah. So your offer is actually the bigger lever that you yeah. can pull. Uh, landing page, for example. Mm. Uh, because if you want to optimize for the lowest cost per lead, I could tell mm-hmm. you like go set up a quiz funnel and just make people take quizzes. Then we'll, people love
2: quizzes.
1: Yeah people love quizzes but like you will get a ton of people to do quizzes and then you get a ton of like, emails but yeah. whether they are the highest quality when it comes to like uh, when the possibility of closing them in the future, yeah. maybe not.
0: Maybe not. So okay.
1: so yeah so there's that element to consider as well.
0: Okay Um. so Karin asks, oh, so how do you reduce your ad spend and generate better quality leads?
1: Okay so
0: it's such a broad
1: It's a it's a broad question. So first question, uh, like first counter question that I would ask is why would you want to reduce your ad spend? So if something is working for you, obviously you want to get as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, usually uh, I don't reduce my ad spend. I mean, I so as like for just as a general principle for myself, I start with a low ad spend. So even if I have a very big budget. Um, so let's say if I have a budget of 1,000 ringgit a day. Okay, that's mm-hmm. big. And then usually, how I spend this money, I don't uh, put 1,000 a day on a single ad set. Mm-hmm. So instead, so the minimum two per ad set is actually free ringgit, right? So usually, I would just spread that 1,000 ringgit a day yeah. across as many ad sets as possible, mm-hmm. especially if this is a new campaign. Right. So, the, what I'm trying to get here is when I spread my seeds all over the place, yeah. I will actually be able to see which one is showing performance, yeah. and therefore, over time, I just start moving my money towards the things that are performing. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah. So I guess this is just a very different approach to yeah. when it comes to optimization. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and and reducing ad spend just to get better performance is 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 tricky mm. because um, let's say you are getting say uh. A six dollar cost per lead, right? And then you want it to be lower. Um, if you just uh reduce your aspect, it doesn't mean that Office of Facebook will give you a lower cost per lead as well. So there is this
2: ambiguity there that yeah. do you have to with. try so, to go from higher to high lower.
0: So, ad spend, right? You, I mean, ad spend is one thing, but cost per lead really matters. That's where you want to see if it makes sense or not. It's not, I mean. Let's say fifty bucks to if you spend fifty ringgit to get uh to get one lead. If today you spend five hundred, right, you get ten leads. But if you decided to reduce uh it down to 250 bucks, you get five leads, right? Mm-hmm. But your but basically your cost per lead is still the same. Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh that's I think that's not much different. So look at the the thing that you should look at is um the 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 results I guess the cost yeah. per results. Uh, I think there's one more thing here. Does today' audience, um, which is millennials, mm-hmm. search for perfection in posting or authenticity in the products? Um, well, I guess the the whole idea, I I think what he's trying to say is that, you know, the millennials, the, the millennials tend to um tend to look for things that are you know it looks super perfect, like it looks almost like stock photo ish. Mm-hmm. Or they really look. They do, or, or they want look for authenticity that doesn't doesn't always look the prettiest, but it's like look like real human, real person using it.
1: So I think like with millennials, uh, you look at the influences like the content being put up by influencers these days, mm-hmm. right? It's it's basically both. Like you have the authenticity authenticity element in it, yeah. but at the same time, it's also close to perfect. Mm-hmm. So if as a brand, you can produce something like that. So if you look at, say, Gary Vee's content, like yeah, he yeah. is authentic, yeah. but at the same time, the production quality is very high. Yeah. So try to go for both if possible. Mm-hmm. If you have to choose in between, I will actually choose authenticity. Because yeah. what I'm increasingly realized is that videos with a person selling up front on camera, or like just a selfie video, yeah. these videos tend to perform than say a stock video. Yeah. Doesn't matter which industry. It can be real estate. A real estate agent walking you through the property, like these kind of videos, yeah. will, out, will outperform any stock videos. Yeah. Because you just you will be able to create that connection better when you, your face is in
2: front of the camera and just talking to people that way. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, I understand. So I think let's just bring back to you know the start of the conversation a little bit. So we are talking about uh, uh, what you're excited about, right? Uh, one is uh the WhatsApp, right? Yeah. So. I think, I think definitely, you know like what you say, we do in Malaysia, everyone uses WhatsApp, right? And, um, and doing that, right driving traffic to WhatsApp and being able to really talk to the person, that, and being authentic, right immediately being authentic itself, mm-hmm. uh, would, definitely, would definitely help with business. Okay, So how do you think some of these people could? I mean, not everyone is you know, jumping into it right now, but yeah. how do you think, how, how do you prepare for it?
1: So um, use video. Um, the reason why you use video is obviously like so you, yeah. you are able to connect with people better, yeah. and then when people actually send a message to you, it will be super cool if you reply with a video,
0: oh, how
1: cool. or with a voice. Uh,
0: yeah. yeah, everyone yeah. loves doing voice. Everyone
1: lo- loves doing voice, and and people will be because we don't get we don't hear from advertisers that often these days. Like yeah. usually when we reach out to brands, they just like, it's a cold message. It. Sometimes yeah. these days are they, the response come from chatbots. box. Right? Yeah, so if you are a small business and you really want to like double down on like Facebook as a channel and you really want to make it work. And if you really want to do something that stands out from your competitors, yeah. reply with a voice. And if they heard your voice from the ad, and if you are replying also with your voice, they immediately will have that connection with it.
0: Not for, for the voice right right now i know obviously you cannot copy and paste voice la. yeah you need to speak yeah a... yeah but that is also
1: the authenticity authenticity
0: yeah. bit, right
1: and and unless you're getting say hundreds of inquiries a day then if you're getting like this five yeah. 10 then it's something manageable
0: but okay so i think i think this is one thing that um i know like i know that I know which demographic actually responds to voice really well. Like mm-hmm. I know like from example my mom and whatnot, uh, they tend to use voice a lot. Yeah. Okay, so but I do not know about like for me I don't use voice at all. I actually okay. when I receive voice, I get really annoyed because
1: You have to listen to the whole thing.
0: <laughs> I have to listen to the whole thing. And I could be out here and what I need to hold up and listen to it. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on those things? Like is that like, I mean from I do see uh adoption especially for for the slightly older generation, yeah. but for me, like for me, I look at myself. I don't use voice. Right? Yeah. Like, how about you? Do you use it?
1: Um, I use it because in general, like uh, my yeah. boss, yeah. patient likes to use it. <laughs> so, um, so we just so. We You're just,
2: trained.
1: Yeah, I'm trained in that sense, and like at, at our office, like I used to throw people. So I just hold on to like the mic button all the way. I don't speak anything. and did like towards the end. I was there like, okay so people will have to listen through the whole thing just for that last five seconds of like okay but like in general i think people are definitely starting to use voice more and more yeah um, that's for sure yeah. and uh the reason for that is because people are always on the go and sometimes it's hard to type. um yeah. it's a mix i would say that the reason why you are not a fan of voice and sometimes i don't as well is because we are busy people like when we are working and whatnot it's just such a pain to just listen to that clip and not quit, like just giving up on all the tasks that we are working on. Yeah. So it's that as well, but not everyone is super busy, there are people who are actually that really loves connecting with people
2: like they have right. the time to just.
0: I, I agree, I agree yeah. that I really agree that works. Um, I remember trying to buy like this uh, ace machine right? uh-huh. and I was asking, I was texting and then suddenly you know the person the person's voice uh clips over. The first one is the game I hear. I got excited. Then after that, there's a lot of voice clips. <laughs> it's not just one or two. And yeah. the voice just start popping up, popping up, and I'm like, I'm not listening to this anymore. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Maybe maybe there is like I think there not to say there's a limit to it, but maybe there needs to be instead of you know five voice clips that just appear, maybe there needs to be a little bit of strategy over there. Yeah, maybe
1: just the first message, just to yeah, create that maybe connection, just the first message. and then after that, you can just do your yeah. thing. Yeah.
0: Um, okay, and, and I think another thing is, uh we we're talking about Facebook algorithm just now, mm-hmm. and these day's Facebook, you were saying that Facebook is quite cool, they know mm-hmm. so much about us, um, and you know, you want to leave it all, like pretty much we yeah. could very safely leave it to them to actually, Figure a lot of things out. Mm-hmm. Um, I know right now you have the CBO. Okay, they will optimize for your. Uh, they will help, almost help you not to say look for your audience, but they help you know you know where you should put your money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know. What What else do you foresee where Facebook will also introduce?
1: Um. I don't know to be honest like i wish i know but like
0: crystal ball yeah i, Queen, I, I,
1: I really don't know and, yeah. and and i guess like that is uh yeah. that is what makes this job so exciting, really exciting right? because yeah. things are always changing and uh all of a sudden people could say that oh your ad doesn't fall within our ad yeah. policy anymore and it will disapprove everything and yeah. then you have to figure out how to make it work I so
0: think, like yeah it's crazy lah. yeah yeah uh, I, okay. I recently I've i uh, received something which is very interesting. Is that um, Facebook would allow us like individuals who actually you know off the off the ability for Facebook to track them off. Facebook. Facebook so in other words you know they won't be able to check if I go to your website and whatnot. oh yeah yeah so how do you see that impacting I, I don't think that it's going to have uh, especially in Asia I don't think that it's going to be have a up like a quick don't think yeah, so yeah but how do you see that affecting people from different countries where they really care about their privacy
1: so I think uh, people who are very privacy conscious would definitely take advantage of that uh, yeah. thing think. For sure I will be doing that. Oh, you so know. I'm actually uh actively turning off ads as well.
2: Ad blockers, just, just, is it? No,
1: not ad blockers but like telling Facebook to stop showing me ads from this advertiser. Yeah. Um I think over I don't know the impact. I mean theoretically it will be quite bad for advertisers because yeah. you just lose yeah. all these like targeting opportunities yeah. if you are really if you're putting out ads that are performing but they're kinda like Uh, we call them douchey or like bad ads that is just like shouting to people or like creates a bad experience for people then um, obviously these advertisers will get affected the most because negatively and I think as a whole it's actually good for the users Mm -hmm. and um, yeah I guess we'll just need to like start creating like as advertisers create better ads for people as well like rather than just focusing on like the ads because we all know what type of ads come. but it's those ads that are like Flashy arrows, just yeah. pointing, click here, click here. Yeah. So so instead of doing that, start thinking about like how you can provide value through your ads, putting up more content as ads, for example. And I think if you are capable of doing that while making sure that your business outcomes or business goals are being met, then mm-hmm. it's a win win for everybody. People get better ads, you yeah. get better outcomes. You stand up from um, your competitors as well that way. So
0: Yes, so. that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I think I think uh, we can wrap up for today. Mm-hmm. I think it has been quite some time, right? What's time now? Wow, it's about an hour, guys. Yeah, um, yeah so, so you know, love this session with you. And guys, you know what, next week will be one of our classes, uh, our digital marketing product launch bootcamp. It's starting on the 4th of July. Hoping to see all of you guys there. Um, and yeah, you know, you know, learning learning from mentors as well as uh, getting a lot of all these insights, I think it has been for me, even you know, I'm always learning. I'm always learning <laughs> from you, Master, Master right? Um right, guys. Sometimes what you really need to have is you know having people to be able to share these insights with you guys and uh really you know walk work, work together with you guys and brainstorm with you guys. So if this is what you're looking for, right, if you have problem statements, we have like very interesting, we have uh, students, you know, bringing in very interesting, I uh, remember there's this gem, uh, this, this person's self gem. Oh wow. And we were just talking about it, it's like, oh, I don't know how to target. Uh. So, ended up the whole entire class brainstorm together. We were talking about how, you know, what kind of content would work, right? Mm-hmm. Because there are some guys who were going to be proposing. Yeah. Uh, we were also talking about, oh, what's the difference between wedding bands and uh, and proposal rings? Mm-hmm. Apparently, those things are different okay. and how can you, target people who have just you know, proposed, you know, target them for wedding bands and so on. So yeah. that, so it was such an interesting conversation where the whole class actually brainstormed stuff like this together. Mm-hmm. And I think those are really valuable. Yeah. Um. So really, thank you so much, Rien, for joining us. Uh, and, you know, hope to see yeah. all of well, you Thank guys. you so much
1: for this opportunity as well. Yeah. Concept.
0: Oh yeah, and guys, WeGrowth uh, is happening soon. You want to do
1: a shout out? Um, Yeah, so on the 2nd of July, we are doing a meetup for marketers. So if you want to join uh, around 100 marketers in one space learning from each other, you can come. It's going to be at KL Gateway from 7 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. I believe. So if you want to look for the events, just go on Facebook and search for Kuala Lumpur Marketers Meetup, and you should see the events page.
0: Awesome. Okay, bye guys. Bye.
2: Oh,